So this is episode 15 of Olu Swole, the podcast on the budget. I'm excited to welcome our guest. He is a world traveler and cultural icon. Uh, Kim, what's good? Hello to me. Honored to be here. Honestly, yeah. I'm your number one fan, man. Honestly, such an honor to be here. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate the support. Uh, I've been seeing it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's been cool to have you on. I think it's going to be a good episode. Uh, just to, to provide a bit of context as to how we know each other. So we went to the same school. I think you joined in year, did you join in year eight or year seven? Year eight, yeah, at the beginning of year eight. Yeah. So you joined in year eight. You're there at the end of year 11. So that's seventh grade through 10th grade. So you're there for four, uh, for five years. Four and, years. Oh, eight, yeah, four nine, years. 10, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was about it. I'm not sure part. if you probably <laughs> would be happy to hear about your master's. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm done with calculus. I did one semester and I was out. Yeah, definitely my hardest <laughs> class. But yeah, so you're there for four years. Um, but you've lived all across the world. You lived in Nigeria, California, Abu Dhabi, Wales. And um, you go to school in New York, which we'll get to later. And you're in Jordan right now. So mm-hmm. tell me about like what, what's your favorite place that you've lived in so far because you've been in so many places in your lifetime <laughs> i mean whenever i tell people about you know all the places i lived in that's the first question they ask what's what's my favorite place so like to be honest though my answer changes each and every time because there isn't exactly one set favorite place you know what i mean is mm. you know all the places i lived in are really unique and different in their own ways so it's really hard for me to like pick it's not exactly a linear scale you know what i mean like from one to hundred, this place was seventy-two. This place was ninety. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to do that. But in terms of how I've changed as a person, I would say Abu Dhabi was perhaps one of the most significant, you know, periods of time of my life. Mm. How do you think Abu Dhabi molded you? Well, first of all, I got to, you know, make acquaintance with the great Timmy K. And, you know, that's why I was able to make, make this podcast today. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be here without this, you know. Mm. But also because <laughs> I think I think that's where I shaped most of my values and ideas that I still hold until today, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, do you think that was the influence of like you said your values and ideas were shaped by that experience was it being in that country or specifically being in the school of grad and the diverse group of people in that area i think i think it has more to do with the people that i you know spend time with talk to shared shared ideas with hung out with you know what i mean i think it was mostly the people mm. the environment did help too in a sense but i'll be honest with you abu dhabi as a place is also very unique it's an international bubble it's you know, it's made up of businessmen and diplomats and teachers. You know, it's it's very much of a it's one of its kind. But I think it was more to do with people that that really shaped me and molded me to who I am. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, tell me about living in California because I mean, <laughs> California gets a lot of love on the podcast. But I didn't really, really? remember this kind of. Yeah, it does. Yeah, some of the episodes. Uh, I remember you kind of spoke about it a little bit at Brighton, but I don't really know too much about your experience there. So, like, what brought you there and what was your experience like there? 
I mean, what brought me there was my dad's job, you know, as, mm. as with everywhere else. But California, in my personal opinion, was kind of underwhelming, and and on retrospect, it it's really hyped up, you know, like oh my god, Beverly Hills, oh my god, Hollywood, whatever. But I personally thought it didn't have much spirit, if that makes any sense.、Mm. People there are pretty plastic and kind of. Uninteresting, you know what I mean. Most people there haven't left their towns, let alone their states or the country. You know what I mean? Like these people with、uh, uninteresting backgrounds, with pretty much the same style of upbringing, went to this one school for like you know ten years. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean the weather, of course, is, is amazing. It's brilliant. You can always count on it to be sunny. But、mm. I personally don't think it was as interesting as many people would think it to be. Mm. Were you in NorCal or SoCal? I was in LA, so okay. Yeah, Pasadena, LA. Okay, that's cool.、Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I mean, I've heard that kind of sentiment about LA before.、Uh, specifically, I mean, LA is a huge place, but I've heard that sentiment about Hollywood specifically. You know, Beverly Hills and you know the the more attractive "quote unquote" parts of LA. Yeah. But I've been to LA and. I would say it's a pretty, like, low key nice place to live.、Um, the fakeness is, I think it's more of a celebrity type thing. But、mm-hmm. I mean, you, I, I personally, I feel like、um, people there are just pretty laid back and chill. So,、um, do you ever feel like it was hard for you to maintain lasting relationships with people, given how much movement you did across the world?、Uh, that's actually. The exact thing I've struggled with the most in my life, to be honest, because you know, I've lived in six different countries in four different continents, and in,、wow. if you count all the cities, I've lived in more than maybe thirteen or fourteen cities in total. And、Whoa. so, four years in Abu Dhabi was kind of long for my standards. You know, four years in one place, to be honest. Um,、mm. but. As a matter of fact, I don't even have that many lasting relationships. You could call it that way. Like、I've, I'm still in contact with you know a few people from Abu Dhabi, a few people from Wales, a few people from Korea, and that's pretty much it. I don't have any sort of childhood friends, as me put it. You know, people you've grown up with, people you've seen since you were four. I don't have any of those. So、mm. it's kind of you, know, you have to kind of adapt, right? You have to. Learn how to make friends quickly when you move. You have to learn how to like squeeze yourself into the pre-existing group of friends, you know, for you to have any at all. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a skill I acquired, but as a result, I don't have any, you know, lifelong, you know, childhood friends. I mean, I'll count you as my childhood friend, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I see what you mean.、Um, I'm obviously, I'm obviously not as well traveled as you are in terms of like the places I've lived. Really, I've only lived in two places. Well, technically three. I was born on the East Coast, but I, I lived in Texas and I lived in Abu Dhabi. So, I mean, and even in my case, like, I don't have a lot of childhood friends. Like, as in, when I say childhood, I mean like age ten and below. Simply because I haven't. I left the country when I was so young to move to the UAE. Like I was, you know, pretty young when I did that. So. Uh, I can only imagine someone like you who's been living what you said thirteen cities. I mean, something like that. 
yeah, I can only imagine it must be pretty difficult for you to maintain those kind of relationships. Is that something that you're looking forward to, like establishing a, a, a circle of lifelong friends? Is that something you're looking forward to accomplishing in college? I mean, definitely it's something I would, because, you know, I'll be spending four years minimum, in, you know, in my college. So uh, I'd hope I can make some lifelong friends. But to be honest, though, because I've, I've always wanted it, but now that I've lived 20 years without it, it's not something I, I am, you know, not entirely used to, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with making new friends here and there. And, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. But I it guess... certainly would be nice. Yeah. I mean, I guess you've had to, you're probably a pretty adaptable person given all the places you've been to. Like you probably had to, you know, adapt in uh, many different kinds of situations. So this isn't something that's new to you at all. Yeah. I actually, mm -hmm. one of my roommates from high school actually gave me the nickname. He used to call me a social chameleon. And he was, yeah. And he was referring to my ability to adapt and, you know, adjust to whichever environment that I'm left in or whichever group of people that I'm left with. Mm. And I yeah, actually yeah. quite like that. I've been writing that on all my resumes and CVs and, <laughs> and my essays. I quite like that. I think yeah, it completely got... wraps me up as a person nicely. Yeah, you got to advertise that skill for sure. Put down that CV on that resume, you know. Um, it's definitely a good skill uh, to have. I mean, you have to be able to adapt to like different kinds of some people might think that you're conforming, but like really it's just being able to f being able to fit in in different environments is just a really invaluable skill. So, I mean, I can't I can only praise you for that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no problem, dude. So you're at our school for four years, right? And then you spent the last two years of high school in United Wales. World Colleges. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Atlantic College. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised you remember the name. <laughs> You do hey, research. Do research. Come prepared for all the episodes. <laughs> and that's based in uh, Bridgend in Wales. So uh, actually, Landwood major in Wales. Bridgend is uh, nearby. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, my question is: um, How did? I mean, first of all, when you got moved there from Abu Dhabi, did people ask you when you said you were from Abu Dhabi or you just moved from there? Are people like, oh, dude, like, are people right, like swimming in gold and riding on camels? Like, did they ask you a bunch of crazy questions about living in a place like Abu Dhabi, or was it pretty low key? Okay, to be honest, the school I went to wasn't your like average high school. It was what they call themselves it's a deliberately diverse environment. So we had something like ninety something in nationalities, which is one of the few environments that are arguably more international than Abu Dhabi. I think we have the Guinness World Record for the most nationalities represented in the group hug. Whoa. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, and also, it's not just about nationality. It's also about the backgrounds each and every people came from. And, mm. for example, you see some children of some millionaires, and then you see just middle-class, everyday people like me. And then you see people um, in from royal families across Europe, and you see people who come with refugee statuses. So it was mm. uh, it was an entire bundle of different backgrounds. So to be honest, my story wasn't you know my story of moving around a lot, my becoming from a you know presumably a place where people swim in gold wasn't exactly <laughs> super interesting anyway. <laughs> Everyone has something to bring to the table. You know what I mean? Everyone, each and every people had um, interesting stories and you know cool stuff to share. So I was just one of those many people. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, remember you're kind of. I remember when we were in school together, you kind of told me about the United World Colleges system. I'd never heard of it, but it seemed like, like you said, it seemed it didn't seem like your average school. Like it seems very international. Um, it seems like people come come from all walks of life, like come through that school. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys did a lot of out of the country travel, right? Given the kind of environment you're in. Uh, travel, like as in terms of vacation or just moving around? Uh, just like moving around for like school trips, excursions and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had a lot of activities, you know, off campus and we had in the IB, there's, I did the IBs in, the, in, in Wales. And the IB, a part of the course is this thing called, um, I feel like what it's called, it was Project Week, yeah, Project Week. And mm. basically, you know, you could choose to go off campus, even overseas, you know, to do, work on a project for a whole week and stuff like that. It was, yeah, mm. really encouraging that aspect. I don't want to sound it. like I'm, I'm advertising my, my high school, but like, you keep on asking me, so I have no choice yet. Yeah, no problem. Um, you said overseas for the project? Overseas, as in like Ireland or France, or just nearby. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. And where did you go? Did you go to Ireland? Did you go to France? Like no, I stayed. I stayed on campus. I, I what's it? I helped prepare for this festival. We put up tents and stuff like that. Okay, that's cool. I mean, I've seen the some photos you posted on Instagram, and it's like it seems like a very kind of. How do I say? Like, it seems like you guys are always celebrating culture and there's a certain mm-hmm. adult-like vibe the school gives me. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Adult-like vibe <laughs> because, okay, I mean, in terms of culture, yeah, we have a lot of events, a lot of like um, in, like events where we celebrate our cultures, we wear our national dresses, we hmm. make our, share our national food and whatnot because, you know, the whole mission of the school is, you know, bringing cultures and people together, nations together, using education, mm-hmm. of course. And I think you get the adult-like vibes from, you know, my pictures and suits and dresses, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's because that's um, our school is a little extra with the with the balls. So in normal schools, you have prom, what, like twice your entire high school, like junior prom and senior prom or something like that. We mm-hmm. had basically the equivalent of prom a little smaller than prom maybe but four times a year mm, wow four different incidents four separate incidents a year we would you know wear nice dresses and suits and we would pretend we're all grown up and stuff like that yeah it was yeah and i posted a bunch of those so i guess that's where you got the idea from uh, yeah i mean four balls a year i mean y'all be doing the most I mean, <laughs> To be honest, though, like props to the girls, especially because we normally like the guys, we just own one pair, like a single set of suit. And then we'll mm. maybe wear a different like shirt every time. But the girls, for the love of God, they couldn't wear the same dress twice ever. You know, they have to go each and every time there's a ball. They have to go out, pick a new dress, pick a new, I don't know, like skirt. And mm. it will cost them a fortune. And I don't know. Kudos to them. And you gotta make investments sometimes, you know, if you want something bad, <laughs> gotta put your money into it. Yeah. Shout out to them though. Um tell me about that school specifically, like being at Atlantic College and being in Wales, because I think was that your first time living in Europe? It wasn't my first time, yeah, living in Europe. 
because I visited there before, but that was the first time I actually stayed for you know longer than a few weeks. But uh, first of all, Wales is uh, there are more. I'm pretty sure there are more sheep than people in Wales. They are <laughs> <laughs> like and within like the like the, the a five kilometer radius from our school. There was pretty much nothing except for a couple of houses, a couple of maybe. Yeah, a couple of houses and mostly with just grass and sheep. And wow. except for like a few cities like Cardiff, Swansea, it would pretty much be like that the entire, you know, in the, in the, in the entire country of Wales. To be yeah. honest, it was the air, the air was fresh, it was super nice. But yeah. other than that, I, I personally couldn't tell you anything good about that kind of environment because I'm more of a city boy myself. I've lived in big cities all my life, and that was my first time being in a place where a Seven Eleven wasn't within a five five minute walk from my house. You know what I mean? Like it was the first yeah. time I had to genuinely like look for a McDonald's because you know everywhere I've been to, you know every corner you turn you see a McDonald's or a Starbucks. You know what I mean? That was yeah. the first time I ever had to Google um, where my nearest McDonald's <laughs> in my entire <laughs> life. And funny enough, the nearest one was like. 20 minutes by car so oh wow by car yeah wow yeah huh. y'all living different in wales uh, y'all living different i also cannot relate i mean what i've i've lived in houston abu dhabi and philadelphia like just <laughs> pretty major cities so yeah i've been a city kid my life as well um but yeah it's pretty interesting and did you i remember in when we were in high school we were, you did a lot of debating that's something you're pretty passionate about. Remember being in those English classrooms on the Wednesday afternoon, uh, doing those debates. Good times. Good yeah. times indeed. Yeah. We actually, you know, the NYUAD tournament. Mm -hmm. So we did it in 2019. Yeah, after I left. Yeah, I saw that on one of your yeah. Instagrams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, well done to you guys. But honestly, though, I mean, haven't I told you this before, Timmy? I've told you this Korean proverb before. When the, oh my gosh, when, the lion, <laughs> <laughs> when the lion leaves the jungle, the rabbit is a king. <laughs> I disagree. I remember you told me that a while ago. You told me that when we were, I think when we you were going. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> just for a bit of context for listeners. So in our high school, we have a house system in our school. So. Um, the senior school at that time was year 9 through 13, which is 8th grade through 12th grade. We're split into four different houses, um, and we were both in the same house. So in your junior year or in year 12, you um, that's when you're eligible to be head of house, right? Which, which house is captain. pretty big deal. House captain, yeah. So he, in year 11, he left at the end of year 11, but in year 11, we didn't know he was leaving, so we expected that like we would be the main front runners for the role next year. We'd be going against each other. Uh, I mean, that's that what did... you thought. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what would have happened. Yeah. That's what would have happened. Cool, cool. <laughs> so yeah, he told me that proverb. Uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. But here's where I disagree because when we did it with you, when we did the debating tournament with you in 2018, there were only like 12 teams. But when we did it the second time around in 2019, there were about 40 teams so the competition got tougher so i don't know if, if uh so 
I did it twice as well. And first time I did it, I, I don't think you were there. The second I time I did it, yeah, the first time I went with, I was with Jackson and, and, and uh, sh- no, actually, who was I with the first time? Anyway, the second time I was there, I remember I was with Jackson and Shashwat. Remember Shashwat? Mm, yeah. Yeah. And we got second place team and I got first place Vader. Nice yeah. work. But uh, I remember I was I was pretty cocky, you know, that blew up my ego. Like, oh my god, I'm so good at debating. <laughs> and then I I went to Wales, the same expectation that I would be, you know, amazing at debating, I'll crush everybody. And then I was immediately knocked off my high horse. Mm. You know. <laughs> you became the sheep. I indeed became the sheep. I was oh. <laughs> so uh do you know what WS DC is World Schools Debating Championship. No. So that's like that's like the debating equivalent of the World Cup, but that's for high schools. Mm. And I was um, nominated to go to the Abu Dhabi qualification round, the, mm. the selection round for the Abu Dhabi team, you know, to be represented at WSDC. And I went there, and that was the first time I got a reality check. You know, you know what? I suck. You know, I thought I was good compared to these other peasants in, in back in Brighton, but those are they were trash anyway. You know what I mean? Like I, I was, I got a huge, huge like reality check, and then I went to Wales, and then I wasn't even one of the best in my school, not let alone be selected to go to the selection round. You know what I mean? Ah, uh-huh. like, and that's like that's pretty much what I decided to give up on debating because you know what? Like it's sometimes when you thought you're good at something when you think you're so good at something and then you, you see so many people who are so much better than you with no effort you know that's that's when you just want to start you don't want to do it at all that's kind of what happened to me so i haven't exactly been pursuing that really i mean i went to like this one other competition in the university of cardiff i did okay there but that's pretty much the end of my debating career if you call it a career anyway hmm. so you you were uh, you're no longer a big fish in a small pond. You were a small fish. Now. <laughs> I was the smallest fish in a gigantic pond. Uh, yeah, I mean, debating. Don't get me wrong. Like debating in our school was fun, but once you get to like you're competing against people from all around the world in debating competitions, that's just a whole different level. Uh, yeah, not that I'm speaking from experience or anything like that, but I mean. That that would really humble someone who's you know good at debating on a local level. Um, yeah, I, I want to transition to um, doing the IB, and you kind of talked about that. IB is notoriously rigorous. Uh, I did A levels, but just tell me about that system and like how that affected you. Uh, so the IB, for a bit of context, is. So you have to do six different subjects and in six different categories. So you need to pick one subject from each category. So the first one is um, English, um, because like, you know, you can choose to do language or literature or land lit or something else. And then you need to do a second language. And then you need to do Hmm. a math, which is, you know, math higher level, math standard level, math, math. um, I think they got rid of the third one, but whatever. And then you have to do one uh, humanities one science and hmm. either an art or you can choose one from the other five categories so that's your six subjects and 
from those six subjects, you need to choose three higher levels, three standard levels. And on top of those six subjects, you need to do at least an hour of creative activity, physical activity, and service each week. So mm. that's three hours minimum mm. a week, but you can do more if you'd like to. And once a year, you need to do this project thing called Project Week. So you spend a week working on this project. You can create your own project or you can join a pre-existing one, but it has to be something uh, substantial. And it has you have to come up with some kind of end result. It can't be, hey, I studied math for a week. You have to have some kind of outcome, like the tangible one. Mm. And um, what else is there? I think that's pretty much it. And I think what makes IB so hard is the level of independence like it's so as one of the assignment tasks in the ib is called the ii the ia internal assessments and it basically mm. it's i think it, it varies depending on the subject but it's around 800 to a thousand word essay on a topic of your choice and that's you have to do like a couple of them for each subject throughout your two years of ib mm. and Okay, 800 to 1,000 words isn't doesn't sound too bad, but the fact that you have to conduct your own research, come up with your own topic, and be able to pursue it with minimal guidance from teachers, I would say is quite challenging. And in a way, it does prepare you for university. Mm. I mean, there was a that, that's when I realized like why they call the IB a pre-university course rather than a high school course. Mm. But anyway, and also, oh yeah, one more, and then you have to do this thing called extended essay, which is due your third term so the first semester of your second year of ivy and that's a four thousand word essay it's a very detailed insightful research um on one of the higher level subjects that you take so one of your mm. higher level subjects i chose physics huge huge mistake but let's talk about it later if you get the chance to mm. but and that is you basically spend your half your summer on it so it's a four thousand word essay it has to be like pretty much you know, like university college level stuff you know what i mean like mm. like tens of um academic articles you need to cite you need to like have at least how many um references to all these things and whatever so that's probably one of the most more challenging tasks in the ib but overall um the ib is notorious for its difficulty in the stem area so maths and sciences because mm. Uh, to be honest, I haven't seen any other. I haven't taken the A level, for example, so I don't have anything else to compare it to. But I, I faulted too. Physics was certainly. I took physics higher level. That was by far the most challenging course I've ever taken in my life, even mm. even counting you know the courses I've taken in college right now. But yeah, the IB. I would say yeah, the level of independence and the level of self control. So all the deadlines are set. You have to. You know, work it yourself. There are no teachers or anyone kicking your butt. You know, to do it, you like you have to manage your own time with all these different tasks coming at you one by one, one after another. So I think that was the most challenging part of the idea. Content-wise, I, I think it was manageable, far from physics. But I think mm. it's the workload and the level of independence that makes it difficult and challenging. Yeah, definitely sounds like a grind. I mean, especially the research aspect of it, because. In A-levels, I mean, yes, A-levels are a grind too, but it's more of an, it's more, it's more focused, you know what I mean? Like, you're spreading your concentration only across three or four subjects, and 
one thing I kind of like about the IB is that the re- is the research aspect because that, like you said, it prepares you for college. It's like, and no trust me, I, it definitely did prepare me for college. Certainly did. Mm. Especially like writing, you know, knowing how to cite sources and writing multiple thousand word papers. Like that's not something. Maybe in English literature class, like you're doing analytical work on like a text, but in most A-level subjects, that research component isn't really highly emphasized. So I think that's something that um, is kind of lacking from the system. But yeah, interesting take. Uh, I want to, you go to St. Lawrence College in New York, a St. Lawrence University in New York. Yeah. And that's based in Canton, right? Yep. Uh-huh. And you said that you lived in big cities your whole life uh, and early in the episode. So I just wanted to say, how was it like transitioning from a big city, being a big city person to living in upstate New York? I mean, so I already got a taste of you know, living in the countryside from Wales. Right. And mm-hmm. I for those two years, I was just I was just basically counting down to the day I'll be leaving this place. You know, I'm, I can't get I can't wait to get out of this this sheep hell, you know, <laughs> and then I end up in Canton, New York, which is <laughs> no better. It's worse than anything because of the weather. It's so cold up there, and it's mm. just as deserted. The town is slightly the nearest town will be is slightly closer to the to the school than it was in back in back in Wales, mm. but still like it's very remote. Like it's again, it's like a ten minute drive to the nearest McDonald's. It's like. A solid twenty-minute walk to the nearest little grocery store. So it's, I I think I've adjusted a little by now because you know as I told you I'm a social chameleon. I'm also an environmental chameleon. It, it appears. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think I've grown used to it. But make no mistake, to, to by by saying I got used to it doesn't mean I I enjoy it by any means. Hmm. I still prefer to live in, in in the city oh, any day of the week. I heard you, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I would also prefer to live in the city. That's why I'm kind of grateful to be going to school in Philadelphia because I feel like the city just gives you life, you know, the cars, the sounds, being able to walk the people. Everywhere. Yeah, just the whole dynamic, the, even the good and the bad, all that combined. Uh, but... Can you walk like do how do you get around in Canton? Is it just walking or is it Uber? Or? I mean, there is no Uber up there. <laughs> oh. Uh you a lot of my friends drive, so I would, you know, ask them for a ride if I need need something. I would tag along when they're going to Walmart. But the nearest town, so Canton, is maybe twenty fifteen to twenty minutes away. And I sometimes walk there when I feel like it, when the weather is nice. Because to be honest, when the weather is nice, it's a decent walk. You know, it's just mm. flat and straight. <clears throat> but but I prefer not to when when the snow is knee high or when the temperature is negative thirty five degrees Celsius. Mm. Yeah, negative thirty five degrees Celsius. That's crazy. That's the uh, coldest that I've checked this year. Thirty five, mm. negative thirty five. Is that like January type weather? Yeah, uh, late January, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, being on the East Coast in January, speaking from experience, as someone who's lived in hot places in my whole life, that is—I'm not built for cold weather. Like that—that—that that, that snow 
and that cold hits different. You'd be taking out, like, you're trying to get your phone out so I don't know, pay for something, and then, like, your hand is shaking. Like, that is just a different level of cold. I'm not built for that. I don't know if you had a similar experience. Well, you came from Wales, so I'm sure they got pretty... No, no, Wales is not cold. Wales is not cold. We had snow once in the two years that that I spent there. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, it was right next to the sea. It's called Atlantic College because it's literally next to the Atlantic Ocean. Mm. So the the sea water definitely does help keep the climate temperate. It's not too hot in the the summer. It's not too cold in the winter. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, but it was certainly super damp and rainy all the time. Hmm. So that means you were on the west coast of Wales, right? Uh, the southern coast of Wales, yeah. Southern coast. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. I guess both the west and southern coast border the Atlantic, probably. If my geography technically, is technically, all the coasts in the UK, the British Isles, is in the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. A bit of UK geography right there. <laughs> so I want to transition to the oldest world bowl. It's a part of the podcast where we ask you some off the cuff questions. It might be somewhat related to what we were talking about, or they might be completely different. So I'll just go ahead and fire away. What's something you wish you knew ten years ago? So your ten year old self. Uh, that higher level physics is no joke. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that that was a joke. Never mind. Uh, let me think. If there's something I wish I knew before, that means there's something I don't like about where I am right now, or something like that. You know what I mean? There's something I'm not happy with, but I can't really exactly put a finger on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be. It could be something that it could be a lesson that you learned now that would have helped you, that would have made you like go even advance even further, even more quickly if you had known earlier. You mm. know. I think, okay, definitely would have been nice to know how dangerous self-confidence and cockiness could be. You know what I mean? Mm. Because as you can probably tell, I mean, from our experience in Abu Dhabi, I was quite a confident person. I was, I, I know, I always liked to be the one in charge. I always liked to be loud. I used to talk a lot. But sometimes it's just as important to take a step back and listen to what everyone else has to say. Listen to what what you know everyone else has for you, because you know it's it's a really useful skill. And sometimes being cocky and being selfish definitely does take a toll on you. you know? mm. yeah, pretty insightful. <laughs> I didn't mean it to be this deep, you know. I guess it kind of those kind of questions kind of lead to deep responses. Because I mean, I'm kind of asking you about a life lesson. And then usually if you answer that question, you're going to give some sort of personal experience with that. So it comes to the territory. Uh, it's one of those questions that I like to ask on the podcast because I know it'll get a really good response from the guests. And you just gave one. Uh, Canton versus Wales. Which one are you choosing? <laughs> Wales anytime. Mm. Yeah. Anytime of the week. Because honestly, it's way too cold up there. I mean, it was nice by the, when it was like around around April-ish. The weather was nice up there. But that short spring was, definitely didn't make up for the five months of harsh um, winter. Mm. Harsh, the harshest winter I've ever felt in my life. And I've been in a lot of places, you know, 
just to remind you, I've been in a lot of places. Winters in Korea are very cold too. Winters in Seoul are very cold. We got a lot of snow there. But mm. boy, oh boy, Canton, New York. Because like I had a few friends I knew in that school that I asked, you know, mm. before I, I went to, uh, before I went there, I was like, hey, like what do I need to prepare, what do I need to bring. And everyone was telling me clothes, like pack your clothes well. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll bring, I don't know, fleece, I'll I'll bring my my nice jacket. But oh boy, like a, a jacket or two really doesn't do anything. Like you have to be stuffed up. You need your like, need your like, goose downs. You need your long coats and everything. You need your, the your what's it? What are those boots called? Uggs? No, those those, those fluffy ones. That it's uh, Timberlands boots. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hmm. For sure, you have to. Uh, I remember, fortune. I had to go winter shopping before I got to Philly because I moved there in January. So, you know, I had to get gloves and long sleeve shirts because living in Abu Dhabi, where it's hot as a sauna, you just don't have all that. I had to buy Tim's as well, which is like my favorite pair of shoe because they just look so. They're very aesthetic. I don't know. You go to school in New York, but. I don't know if you know, like, the meme around Timberland boots, at least for New York City. I mean, I, I am aware of it, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, Tim's are very, like, near NYC thing to wear. So, yeah, NYC is one of my favorite places. So, it's just nice to, you know, put it down for the city when I'm wearing Tim's. But, yeah. Um, this is kind of off the... We're going to ask... I'm going to ask you a third oldest 12 world question, but I just want to ask you about studying econ, because you're an econ major, right? I mean, I'm undeclared at the moment. Okay. Uh, we only have to choose our majors at the end of our sophomore year. Because it's a liberal arts college, we get to you know play around with our options before we decide on anything. But at the moment, I'm a little split between econ and some other options like psychology or even mm-hmm. philosophy. Because you know, I've been assessing my options and paths for the future. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, econ is was easy for me. I, I quite enjoy it but i'm not too sure if that's what i want to build my career around you know what i mean fair enough yeah yeah i mean at as a at wharton specifically like every student graduates with a bachelor of science in economics but we have concentrations so i haven't declared my concentration yet it could be in finance and marketing but uh yeah, we'll see. And like, I think we have to the end of our second year to declare, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, it's a pretty like universal thing across like U.S. colleges stuff like that. And lastly, for the third OU Swobble questions uh, question, do you have any favorite stories from your childhood? <laughs> favorite stories from my childhood. Uh, let me think. My childhood, including age, what to what? Uh, we can call it age. We don't have to go so young. You could say age eight to age twelve. Eight to twelve. I was in Korea and LA at that time. Let me think. Let me let me just say a few things and see if there's anything worth worth picking out. Sure, so, go ahead. well, I was born in Korea first of all. 
So I lived there until I was six, and then I moved to Nigeria. And mm. so when you're six, first of all, you're you can barely speak your own language, your mother tongue, right? But I had to force myself to learn a second one, English, right? Because we spoke English in in Nigeria. Um, I went to an American school, and of course, like I was struggling to adjust, struggling to make make friends. That's before I became a chameleon, of course. And <laughs> would that be the title of this episode, Chameleon? <laughs> probably, probably. It's looking like it's gonna be that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and we had this vocab test every every week. Hmm. And we also had what was the thing called again? When teachers like say out a word and you have to write it down. What was it called again? They say out a word and you write it down. Yeah, like the a teacher like says a word out loud and you write it. Like a Is test. It addiction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we had to do that every week. And each week they would give us like a list of words to study from, and then. Hmm. They'll pick like I don't know ten words from it and test as a week. And of course, I got zero out of ten in every single one of those tests for the first two months or so. Like they would say sister, I would like I'll barely know like okay s- sound is s. I'll write like s i and then the times over. You know what I mean? Mm. And I was struggling so much that one day I think it was like two months in. Yeah, two months in, I went to my mom crying. Like, mom, like how do I get better at English? You know how does one get better at English? And mm. of course, she couldn't. She doesn't have an answer to that. She just she just hugged me. You know what I mean? She was like, "It's okay. It'll be all better." Mm. And then I met this friend called Ibrahim. Still remember that guy. Um, I really wish I was still in touch with him, but he helped me out big time. So he would sit next to me in class, and he would uh, be, like make sure I understood like what was going on. He would tell me what to do, and he would be like explain patiently until I understood, you know, the assignment. Mm. And often he would get told off in class to, you know, to be quiet, but he didn't even care. He was actually looking out for me. And then mm. I think, and then we moved to different classes in second grade. So that was first grade, second grade, we moved to different classes. So I haven't seen him for, you know, I, I didn't get the chance to see him that often, but mm. my English did, did improve drastically. And after all, when you're young, you very quickly, right? So my English didn't improve. And when we met again in third grade, like I could pretty much speak and <clears throat> write and read in English fluently. And he would still remember me as, you know, that poor Korean kid who couldn't speak a word in English. So he would be like, me, go bathroom. And I'd be like, you know, I, don't worry, man, I can speak English now, you know? And it was a pretty funny story. I th- I'm not sure if it's a funny story, but it's a, it's a memorable story from my childhood. My friend, Ibrahim. Yeah. Big shout out to him. You immediately get Ibrahim <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let me think if there's a funnier story that I can remember. That was cool. You can I, you could like. That was a dope story, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, never, I never knew that about you. So, and the world <laughs> the probably pre-chameleon era. <laughs> yeah, free chameleon. Yeah, this is part of your metamorphosis into a chameleon. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me think if there's a funnier story. There should be some. Uh, I mean, could you think of a, a funny episode with me in Abu Dhabi? I don't know why I'm interviewing you now, but yeah, <laughs> where do I begin? Where do I begin? Where do you begin? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Uh, I can't think of. Hmm. It's not. It's not a particular moment, but they're definitely like. 
Kim-isms. Like, that you have. Kim-isms. It's like little, like, Kim-isms. I can't really... I don't have a, a particular story that I associate with one of them, but, yeah, they're definitely, like, unique Kim moments, for sure. But I remember. I do remember. Oh, by the way, by the way, I do remember, funny as it... I mean, Abu Dhabi, it wasn't exactly my childhood. I was, you know, 14, 15, and 16. But I remember... Uh, BTS does owe a big deal to me, uh, a pretty big deal, because I do have to claim some credit for bringing K-pop to Brighton in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> so, Give this man I his mean, respect. <laughs> I mean, I used to like play like BTS songs and dance in the middle of math class. Not in the middle, but like before and after math class, I remember. Um, I, I'm the one that introduced Jackson and Harrison to BTS. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> And later I found out that Harrison's favorite song at that time was actually BTS's DNA, which uh, I took great pride in. Okay. And then just as I was bringing, you know, the K-pop influence to Brighton, BTS made it big in, in the billboards and the, their songs started playing on the radio. And then, you know, that feeling when like you're like, you know, that like, like when you think you're special by knowing it and bringing it to others and then it just becomes a mainstream thing and then it's, it's not special anymore. It's not, yeah. you know, unique anymore. That's the feeling yeah. you got, you know? Yeah. I've experienced that with one of my favorite artists, but uh, really? yeah, that's a pretty cool story. Maybe BTS, you should write a letter to BTS asking for like a commission of their sales <laughs> to Zachary Kim straight to his <laughs> bank account. Uh, for your information, in case you're, some of you are wondering why I go by Zach now, I mean, I think it's an important clarification. Zach, um, a few of you well-virtued ones might be aware of, Zachary has <laughs> <laughs> Zachary has been my middle name since I was six. Mm. Uh, it's not in any of the official documents because there's no middle name slot in, in Korean documents. Like on mm. the birth certificates, there's no middle name slot. So it's not in any of the documents, but it has been Zach since I was in Nigeria. But I didn't, I didn't never got the idea of, you know, making people call me Zach. I made people call me Kim for some reason. Mm. But later I realized that calling me by my surname is kind of, kind of weird if you think about it. So I decided to go by Zach. It's kind of interesting how you're at Brighton for four years. Everyone calls you Kim. And no one thought it was weird. You're the also only because person called by the last name, and it was exactly like okay. Yeah. When I was invited to the, the group chat for my new school in Wales, found yeah. out there was someone else called Kim. So I was like, oh my god, I, I, I can't be, you know, I, I need to be the only person called uh, by a certain name. I can't. There can't be two Kims. So I'm gonna have to change. You know, I, uh, I'm me. I can't. I can't be overlapped by with anyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess you. There can only be one. There can only be one me. So I was like, okay, wait, I do have a middle name that I never use. I'll just go by Zach. Fair enough. Interesting story. I kind of, because you you never really told me why you go by Zach. So uh, I never really knew. So it was interesting that you cleared that up. Maybe the listeners, they got it this far in the episode. You know, they just got a valuable piece of information, hopefully. Yeah. So this wraps up uh, our episode of Olu Swole today. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Likewise, Timmy. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. It was cool having you on. Cool hearing your experiences. 
uh, Old Swole is available on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And our links to our socials are in the description. Thank you guys for listening and peace.